On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday and looking forward to dissecting the weekend that was when it comes to racing. There was some great action across the country. It was a great week last week. Of course, we had that magic millions from Thursday and it rolled into Saturday where exactly what Ron Duffy said before when he spoke to the Big Sports Breakfast, it rolls into two-year-old season, doesn't it? And we really start to... I guess fixate our eyes towards the Golden Slipper. It'll be spoken about every week when these two-year-olds are wheeled out. And what about um, Don Colony, which uh, was outstanding in that uh, first race there at uh, Ramwick on the weekend. The Snowdens, gee, they can produce a two-year-old this season. And what about the Newgate team and China Horse Club? It seems like those colours this season are just winning and winning and winning. We've got uh, Ron Dubbersey and also Chris Roots on the program today. We'll have a special guest a little bit later on. Tony Gollum will join us. Speaking of being on fire... Tony, in this last couple of days, he's just producing winner after winner. So we'll chat with Tony to see how uh, Skirt the Law pulled up from that Magic Millions win. And I guess we'll find out when we possibly might see her in Sydney. Because he did mention before the Millions that uh, if she did come through that run well, she'd be on the float with uh, some other horses that Tony would bring down to attack the championships, which won't be too far away. 13.53.53 is the open line number. You can give us a call and get involved with the program this morning. He's been on a summer break and a bit of a holiday, and it's good to have him back on board for a big championships in autumn ahead. Ron Duffersey, good morning, and welcome back to Punters Postmortem. Yeah, thanks, David. A good day to come back. Ramwick was in magnificent order, I must say, considering <clears throat> the rain we had uh, during that week, and uh, it recovered pretty quickly, and... It was uh, very, very fair, I must say, and uh, I think it was maybe probably all about the two-year-old and the first. He looks pretty smart. Uh, Don Corleone, there was um, different sort of results throughout the day. A couple of beautiful rides. Brock Ryan's back in business after his injury, isn't he? He's uh, yeah. uh, with a couple of winners there and one beautiful ride on Cuban Royale. And and uh, Jason Collett's ride on Ripped was an absolute beauty as well. So uh, interesting day, and oh, we had a winner from Tabilk. Uh, a horse called uh, Beaufort Park. I don't know where he come from. Um, to Bilks, uh, I think I, I read it up. He, it's, uh, I was trying to find out where it is. There's, the closest shop's about 20 kilometres away. It's about. A, I think they've got a population of 131. Uh, so there's a new one for, for Ramwick winners, a winner from To Bilk. Yeah, that was, uh, that was great to see, and it just shows there's always a story that pops up. And speaking of stories, Chris Roots, it's been a, a big, uh, well, I guess, 14 days in the racing game. We say that rugby league's the the uh, the game that, that never sleeps and never is uh, away from a yarn, but racing's the same, and as Duff just alluded to then, that's, uh, that's the stories we want, isn't it? Yeah, it keeps um, ticking over, doesn't it? And we're, go- we're getting into the um, carnival time. Watching those trials this morning, Joyful Fortune, Ozapenko, Duff would be happy with the way his horses trialled there, and um, mm. and on the weekend, and on the weekend, we we're, we're sort of getting that we're we're just on that turning point, and we don't have many of these meetings anymore where we we don't have a real real standout feature, but there was a couple of nice horses went around there, and I with Duff, Don Cordione looks the real deal, but geez, the second horse, it's going to be it's got to be it's got under a few people's guards, I think. Um, 
and I'll, I'll be um, following it into the millennium. Yeah, well, those trials this morning, if you missed them, I jump on the Race New South Wales website a little bit later and have a look because there are some nice horses going around and it'll start to be like that, won't it, Duff, as this carnival approaches. Let's just start with it straight away and we'll take your calls as well. We'll open the lines up if you want to get involved with the program, 13.53.53. This two-year-old that wins the first. Now, you mentioned it to the Big Sports Breakfast Boys. Uh, they ran 57.51 uh, over the uh, the 1,000. Um where does he, where does this debut performance sit in the other debut performances you've seen this season thus far, Duff? Uh, look, it's up there. Uh, he's a horse I fell in love with at the official trials, and he, he had me worried in his two trials back. Um, I thought, geez, I got that one wrong. Uh, but uh, he proved me wrong there. I, I dropped off him a little bit, just wanting to watch him on Saturday, and uh, he ran right up to that trial. So he, he's a bit of a racehorse, and... Uh, they're masters, the Snowdens. They just said, oh, well, I think we think he needs a set of blinkers. It's rare they do it so early. Uh, but they wanted to make a statement, and they certainly did that. And, um, yeah, he'll, he'll learn from that experience. In fact, he was a little bit aggressive where he hasn't been uh, wanting to go in his trials. He's been out the back and ridden up. So the blinkers did the job, and we know he's loaded with talent. We know he'll train on. And um, Chris is right, Kundalani is a lovely filly, obviously, um, for the purchase price and the pedigree that she's got. And you've got to concede that she only come into that race off one trial and the fillies have been dominant. Um, they were dominant in the Magic Million and uh, the, the fillies are, uh, are got to be respected if they've got talent and she's surely got talent. Where did that performance sit for you, uh, Chris? Obviously, uh, I know that uh, you... Follow these Snowden horses. Um, we see, uh, you know, that we've obviously written plenty of articles already about horses that we saw at Magic Millions and other runners that they've had. But this just seems like this season, their two-year-old crop, uh, well, they're up nice and early, aren't they? They've got a good uh, good crop, yeah. We supposedly haven't seen the best of one, best one in Sydney yet, and that's King's Gambit, which goes around on Saturday. And they've managed to get James McDonald to stick with that. So that, that sort of gives you a hint because... Apparently, the um, Coolmore horse, Snitsu, is probably the best of Chris Wallace. So gives you some idea how good um, King's Gambit might be. But on Saturday, this horse has sat three wide. just tra- And James is a master of doing this. He just gets them to travel, keeps them comfortable. And as Pete said, when it popped off four wide on the turn, you, you knew that something special was in, in the air. And it just it rolled past them. I think the gap back to coincide is very important because... Coincide's form ties into the ties into the um, golden gift form and and that and probably usually the golden gift forms a few lengths off the, the best ones and I think that they both those horses Kundalini and Don Cordione put a nice gap of three lengths on the the rest of the field um, talks to their quality and I think both of them will go on and we'll be talking about them around golden slipper tie. Yeah, okay. Do you think? Um, all right. And what about this? Uh... That comment before about the Phillies, uh, Duff. In recent years, do you feel as though that that's become a bit of a trend, where it has been the Phillies that have been the more dominant? It has, it has. If you go back, I, I haven't gone back, but I, I think if you do go back, you'll find that they've held their own more than held their own over the last few years. I don't know why. You know, it used to be a great cults race. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's it's a tricky one. You've got to be a really good uh, cult to beat the Phillies these days. I don't know why, whether the, 
the couple of kilos they get, I doubt I'm not going to put it down to that. Um, maybe it's in the new non... I go back too far, I think, but it's, maybe it's since the steroid bans come in. Uh, that helped the Colts along when they were allowed to have some steroids in their system. And it's evened them up a bit. And, uh, you know, that, that wait for age scale with the Phillies getting the... Um, you know the allowance uh, isn't such as as has a f bigger effect these days because of uh, the edge the Colts had with uh, the steroid factor. Mm. I think I think what happens, Duff, is that the Phillies seem to be dominant earlier in the season, mm. but as you get towards towards the slipper and towards March, they really even up, and that's where where the the factor of the weight advantage doesn't come in as much. You have to be a really good quality filly to beat the best Colts. And we don't really get to see them together that often. So um, I think Silver Slipper and Golden Slipper Day are about the only two days we get to see, get to match them up other than looking at times. And that's always fought with danger with race patterns and things like that. They, they can be, it can be misleading. So I think um, you'll find... When we get to the Silver Slipper, usually they get closer together and by Golden Slipper Day, the best horse wins. In the old days, they used to say if a filly wins the Slipper, it's a, it's a, it's a weak year. Uh, but that's not the case these days. Uh, now, just a, a text here, and I'll get you to, uh, maybe you might have that news. Uh, on, so on King's Gambit, I'm sure it's been floating around the Twitter, but when will we see King's Gambit and what's the plan for it, um, uh, Runa? Well, it's Saturday. Um, it's um, going to be in the... Canterbury. I spoke to um, to Henry Field yesterday. He's um, very bullish about seeing it again. It's a it's a partnership between Gurry and and Newgate. So what happened was when Gurry got their horses, they went they went and sent them to Newgate to be to be fold down and things like that. So this was the first horse they put into the partnership, and um, I think Henry's Colt Syndicate's in it, and you know Gurry are in it. An interesting story about its first start in Melbourne. I was talking to James Cummings, and after after his horse got beat in the debutante, he just went up to Peter Snowden and said, thank you. He said, you've made my life a lot easier. And, and Peter was sort of a bit perplexed, and then he worked out Monica, was, James's wife, is um, part of the Guru team. So... Um, <laughs> He was um, he was all smiles even though he was beaten. So it's a very it's a very very good colt. Well, we get to line it up on the weekend and see how good when they come to Sydney. But the fact that James McDonald has chased the ride and and is on it, I think you'll find for the first couple of couple of runs in Sydney, will uh, is a big pointer towards how the quality of this colt. Yeah, and I think uh, you'll see him match Barber there on Saturday if I'm reading correctly. Barber was scratched from the trials today, but. There was an indication that he's going to run in the um, Canterbury as well, so uh, that'll be a good line-up between two good colts there. And there's it a couple will. of young horses, um, unraced ones too, that are going to be there as well that have got a bit of booms on them. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a be a proper proper two-year-old race. Duff, what do you make of these two-year-olds that this year in particular? It's, it's sort of become a trend. We used to say you need to race before Christmas. I don't think it's as big a factor now. They seem to come a little bit later and have a shorter preparation. Yep, um, you know, a lot of... It's amazing. I used to say, you know, even those first two-year-old trials produced all the good, a lot of the good horses. Um, it might not such be the case these days, the, the, the way the trainers are thinking and the programming uh, that's done now, because obviously we had the Silver Slipper and we had some... Um, the, the, just the timing of these races now and 
how short the autumn becomes, and this, you know you got it's you can't keep these two year olds going all the way through, and you have to qualify them early. But with the prize money races now, later on you can sneak into fields and and get your job done. So it was a, a bit of a race for qualifying in in pro, in previous years, and it's not such the case these days. No. It's, it's funny with the qualifying because there's seven races that get you straight into the race, the six slipper trials and the silver slipper. When you start counting around the million-dollar races that uh, can qualify you, like a blue diamond and golden gift, you pretty quickly get to about 12 or 13 runners. So you have to be winning races to get into the golden slipper this day. day. You can't um, just be finishing in behind them and sneak your way into it. It's a, it's, a, it's a different beast. So you've really got to put your cards on the table and show that you're up to it to, to get into the, into, the, into the golden slipper because of the golden gift and the blue diamond, which both offer the first and second horses almost direct to entry into the race. Yep, and my, a lot of prize money now for three-year-olds as well. Some people don't push them as much because there's prize money across the board where the Golden Slipper was the big, big carrot everyone wanted to win, and they still do. But uh, there are other options if you miss it, you know, if you've got a really good cult or three-year-old and even four-year-olds now. Um, you know, these races that we got on, they just cater for everything. Yeah, and the other thing with it is you don't have to win the Golden Slipper to beat a stallion. There's no. races later on, like a, a Golden Rose and a Cornwall. Like if you've got a late comer, you don't need to push the button on it till it's ready, ready to get to the track. And that's what trainers are doing. Do we do we think, uh, just from a futures perspective, not asking you for a tip here, but do you think that King's Gambit should be the Slipper favourite at this stage at six dollars, and should be the Blue Diamond favourite? Well, uh, out of sight, out of mind, but I'm. Like where in Sydney he he set up his form in Melbourne, but yeah. even even Dean was raving about him when he won at Mooney Valley. He said the times and whatever that that when pulled apart were just that of a golden slipper horse. And we're going to take note of that. And what he did in that trial the other day uh, was something special. You've got to admit that he looked he looked pretty good. Mm. So uh, we'll learn more about him on Saturday. Look, I wouldn't be taking six dollars. Uh, there's no way in the world if he if he bolts in on Saturday he's going to be five dollars. You know we're 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 a way out. You know things go wrong with two year olds. Yeah, what's the what's the where's the bottom for the bottom price for this horse? Like you're not going to be taking three dollars fifty unless it's winning by six or seven lengths and just completely dom- dominant. Exactly. Got to remember that trial. Don Cordione was behind it in that trial, so and ridden right up. Like was, yeah, yeah, and it just looked like it was jogging King's Gambit. So we'll find like. Nothing like race day to find out about a horse, and you know a lot of bubbles burst on when they go to the track on a Saturday. So, um, and that's payday. So we'll find out a lot more about it if it wins. Like you say, Duff, it's probably five dollars, four dollars fifty. But do you want to be taking six dollars and having your money tied up for a couple of months? Probably, probably not. Probably want to spec a couple of others at bigger odds that are, are chances of getting into the chances of getting into the race and things like that. Here's a uh, interesting text. Um, well, there's two. Uh, first off, boys, uh, just more of a punting question. Hey, boys, uh, I love the Golden Slipper. Always wanting to, you know, have a play on futures. How does Duff and Chris, or how have they attacked slippers in the past? Will you be looking to find horses that uh, haven't trialled? Well, obviously, they've had to have to trial. But how do you play your futures, Duff, if you are playing in a slipper? Because you've said many a time on this program, 
you know, whatever's favourite, you're not, you're, not, you're not touching it because maybe sometimes on race day you might be getting a bit better or more, but you obviously want to be on something juicy. Will you be just constantly watching these trials and just snipping away at things here and there or sort of, you know, runs like that second horse uh, maybe on Saturday behind the winner? Yep. Um, I'm not a big pre-post person under 20 to 1. Um, I love the slipper. I love betting into the slipper. I've, I've got the good odds doing Don Corleone. Um and that's that was lucky. Uh, it's been a great race to me in the past. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big mask gay wing on the yeah, house stuff. Yep, yeah, big big mask gay house. Paid my house off. Uh, getting in early there, but that was a a one off thing from a, a filly that hadn't had a run in January. So, and spotted her at track work. So, it was just a lucky lucky uh, 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 move I made, and. Yeah, it's a great race to have a, have your own opinion on. You sit back there and you read the trials. You get it wrong 99% of the time, but you can make a book. It's a race you can make a book in. Mm. How do you play, you make, Chris? Yeah, I, bit much like Duff, you don't want to be taking really short odds about things unless you're confident that it's going to show it a lot shorter on slipper day. And like taking $6 about King's Gambit, if it if it was to get beat between now and slipper day, it probably starts four four dollars fifty, um, maybe five dollars on slipper day, depending on what what comes through. So you, you're not getting much value for your money by taking the short odds early. As Duff said, if you play the longer odds and find one at the trials, the big thing about finding one at the trials, you've got to back it before it has a start because as soon as they go out and win, they slash those odds like mm. yeah, every winner is you know twenty fives to tens and yeah. or 50s to 50s to 15s like you need to be betting at the time you get the best price so if you if you like one that's going into the race on Saturday and and it's not King's Gambit you should be having something on on the slipper as well just to just so you got got something there you know you know you can have your 10 each way and then come golden slipper day you're, you're holding a ticket that says five five hundred dollars on a 50 to one shot that might be starting favorite you can you got a bit of bragging rights with your mates, haven't you? Even if it do, and if it wins, you've got you've got a got um ten years of bragging rights. Mm. I must say, this year's slipper market is looking to have a lot more depth. Uh, it's taken shape quicker than other year recent years uh, because we got some really really good horses at the top of the market there. With obviously Kings Gambit and Barber and Don Corleone, and we f- we forget quickly. It's only a week or two. Uh, the the uh, Magic Millions form, she looks a ripper, that uh, skirt, the law riding the speed, and those two fillies are gays, are beauties, um, Platinum Jubilee, and Summer Lovin's a big yeah. improve, big improver when, when the uh, the penny drops with her, I think we all want to have another look at Facile, um, and there's others there, there's a lot well, of depth in that race. I think Blanc LeBlanc was probably the run of the race in that English race, and you know, yes. it's, and it's, it's around there, like, we all, I we had all a, look, a good look at I had a good look at the Millennium um, market there the other day because it's the next race to come up. I just think there's they might. That's I'd, I'd love to be on Kundalini once the tab put him in the market. I just, her mm. in the market. I just think she's gonna she's gonna take a massive step. I spoke to Jason Collard after the race on Saturday, and he's been on in the trial and on in the race. And he said when Don Cordione rolled up outside him, she just didn't know how to let go. She was she's still so new to it. She didn't understand. How she go, he goes, she's got a lovely, lovely action and she's got a lot of talent. But he said the penny might have dropped with her from in the last hundred metres where she went with him. Mm. Um, but it just took her a while to get going. And 
she's got the breeding behind her being a, a Vinny out of Rude Awakening, a Group 1 winning mare. I, I just think she's the one, at the moment, I'd be having something on in the in the Millennium. And at 50 to 1 in the slipper, I'd probably I'd probably be, be tempted to take a little bit of that 50. just that I think oh. she's... Well, if she's she was 50s, I'd be on her as well. I don't think she's 50s, Chris. <laughs> I think that's been taken. I'm just having a look at the slipper market here. She's $2,017 now. Was $201. Uh, before that run on Saturday was 201. So uh, the other horse as well, which is just on the text line popping up here. I don't know if you boys saw Packenham on Thursday night. Uh, Gay trialled a horse called The Instructor for the first light racing team uh, back on the 13th of December and then snuck it down to Melbourne. Jordan's Childs rode it and I don't know what it beat, but I tell you what, gave a, a, a classic Waterhouse bot kick and it was very impressive running um, well, that was a thousand. Ran fifty-eight twenty-one. So obviously ran slower than what we saw with that two-year-old race there in Sydney. But visually, looked very impressive. Yeah, look, um, you'd like to see those horses that win at those, you know, provincial tracks again. And you don't know what they like. You said it. What did it beat? Mm. And um, I don't know what the, the average time there at Packham and what the conditions were. But um, worth another look for sure. The, the market really hasn't reacted as far as the slip is concerned, still being a $26 chance. Now, another horse uh, that we're seeing pop up and has had, uh, she's really returned this preparation, uh, Banana Queen from Sydney. And we're going to, um, as I said, if you've got a, a question for Duff on the weekend in Sydney or for Chris Roots, 13.53.53 is the open line number. But Banana Queen, uh, who we saw over the mile, she kick-started her campaign there. Uh, at the, the the Beaumont over the 12.50 when she ambled up. Uh, she went to Warwick Farm and won. And I think she's got stakes class written all over her, Duff. Yeah, she is doing a really good job, isn't she? She's obviously a much stronger mare, this preparation. And she went to, uh, I think it was the mile on Saturday, and, and and really reacted to that. She's by So You Think. She's, she's um, yeah, no knock from me. She She's on an upward spiral. We... we we just got to be a little careful just at this these next couple of weeks getting too excited, you know, with these benchmark 78s that probably just lack a little bit of depth um, and, and the better the better mares will come back in. But to do what she's done and the way she um, dominated that race, you, you have to sit up and take note and say, yeah, she's a really nice mare. Um, prior to that, she'd had three preps and showed ability and she just seems better this preparation. Penny seems to have dropped with her and brilliant preparation by Gerald and Sterling. They they they've taken little steps. They went to they went to Newcastle and beat a horse that Dave knows well fast response, so he's probably been on her ever since. So then she went to won the the apprentices race at um, Warwick Farm and that was a that's a pretty big step up from a, an apprentice versus race on a Wednesday to an open class seventy eight on, on a Saturday and she ambled when she ambled up she, she sort of um, wavered there for a couple of strides. She just looked like, is she going to let go? And, and it was more, I think, Josh just holding it together, like just to just to let to to bounce her up. And then when she went away from them, she she gave nothing else a chance. It was a really impressive win. How many ratings points she'll get will probably dictate whether she can win again. But any horse that wins three in a row, you've you've just got to. I usually try and stick with them until they get beat because you don't know where the bottom is with her. 
You certainly don't. Uh, that's easy. very, very, very exciting. We're going to take a break. Tony Gollan's going to join us pretty soon. Of course, Tony's had an incredible couple of days. He wins the Magic Millions, the, um, the rescheduled Magic Millions on Thursday with Skirt the Law and has multiple other winners over the weekend and even yesterday. So we'll chat with Tony next on Punters Postmortem and we'll also take your calls. 135353 is the open line number. This is Punters Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, it's uh, Sky Sports Radio, Punters Postmortem, and looking forward to chatting with our next guest. And on the phone is Tony Gollan, who joins myself, Ron Doversy, and also Chris Groots. G'day, Tony. Good morning, guys. Mate, uh, great to have you on the program. Um, obviously, we're reviewing uh, the weekend that was and also touching on the fact that you had a wonderful Magic Millions Day on that Thursday. My first question to you is, how did that Philly pull-up skirt the law? And uh, are you already sort of half-thinking, right, let's get it to Sydney? Yeah, yeah, both really. She's pulled up terrific. She's out to straight to the paddock on Friday. She's come through the run really well. She'll probably come back into us on Thursday uh, and we'll head towards a run in Sydney. I'm, I'm probably favouring the, the sweat embrace. It's three weeks prior to the slipper and we'll see what comes of that there. So just one run into the slipper time? Yeah, that's plenty for Ronnie. She's had the three runs now already and we, were, we saw how good she was off a, off a really unusually large break into the millions. So I feel I can probably just get her ready with that one run in the sweating brace. She's got lovely residual fitness too. She's never really had any time off. This is probably the biggest brace she's had for some time. So it's a balancing act, keeping them up, as you know, and I feel we can do it do it well with the one run. Gee, she looks to have a good attitude. Uh, the way she races, the way she relaxes, the way she just ambles around the yard. and uh, She's just a complete package, isn't she? Has she got any faults? No, she's a, she, uh, she's a real beauty. She's a real improving sort of horse too. I don't think we're sort of at the bottom of her yet, but you're right, her, her attitude and the way she goes about things holds her in good stead. At Magic Means Day every single year, you know, a lot of the fields lose their chances out the back before they even get into the pre-parade when they're all getting ready to go in. The ones that are really starting to cook themselves up a little bit, it's pretty evident where she's had her head down just pops along, which is her normal demeanour here at home. So she's a lovely filly to train. Her attitude will help her a long way. So did that help her... Uh with the extra little break into the race, like she would have been, you would have been revved up for Saturday, got her to the, probably got her to the races and then had to go again on Thursday. Was that, was that difficult with a, with a two-year-old like her? Oh, look, I, I think it just, I think it, look, everyone was in the same boat there. She did travel down. She wasn't at the track long, actually. She was only there a little bit. We just give her enough time to basically just give her a, give her a hose and cool her down, put her on the truck and take her home. But, it's not ideal for any of them, but it was all fairly straightforward. I think the fact that meeting was put back to the Thursday, I think that helped everyone with was in that situation and allowed us to get our horses home, give them some electrolytes, give them an easy day on, on Sunday, put a little bit of work into the Monday and then you know, really reset things for the race meeting. Had it have been on Sunday or Wednesday, I don't think it would have been as easy. Um, I don't know whether any of that aided her in space between runs. Um, I thought she'd come through her goal Coast course proper barrier trial leading into the Magic Millions Day. I thought she that, that really improved her. She comes through that beautifully. That pillow is pretty soft at the moment. Uh, the last four you've saddled up of one. Saturday you had three winners, two seconds, three seconds, a couple of thirds. Things are rolling along pretty well. You're very strong at the moment. Yeah, we try and be pretty consistent, Ronnie. Most of the year we're having a, a terrific summer. We've come off some really good summers, you know, really in the past, but. We sometimes have fallen short in the bigger races. We've won Magic Millions Day's races before, but not the big one. So this is obviously a peak summer for us. But the stable's going really well. We're in a good place up here. 
Got a lot of nice horses for this time of the year, as as usual, I guess. Um, but now everything's working along well. We've got a great team here, and they're all doing a great job. What about other horses? Many... Oh, sorry, Chris. I was going to say, what about other horses that we might see in Sydney uh, away from Skirt the Law? Well, there's a few that are going to go to Melbourne. First and foremost, um, there's Baller and, and Zoo Style. You'll hopefully see Zoo Style back in Sydney. I'll just see how he how he goes in the Oakley Plate, and Baller will head towards Lightning, and then the Newmarket. He's obviously got a nice affinity with straight racing. Not sure what I'll do with him post that, whether we head back there or not. We'll just see how his form lines up in the autumn. Uh, and the Tuno's back here. He's in work controls in a couple of weeks. Whether you see him in Sydney, what i do with him, I'm just undecided. There's, I, could, I could go to either state, to be honest. Uh, new addition to the stable, Halal. He's here ticking along nicely as well. Whether we take him away or we just sit back off him for the winter, I'm not sure. Isotopes here as well, ready to trial in the next couple of weeks too. So there's a few here. Uh, I'll decide which state they go to once we get them up and get them moving a little bit further into the prep. Chris? How did the, how did the trainer pull up, more importantly, after um, <laughs> Thursday? You had a pretty big week there. I think you won four yeah. or five Mutants races and... I know that you. That's, it was something that was very dear to your heart to win that race. There, there would have been a pretty decent celebration Thursday night. Yeah, it was pretty good. We had a bit of dinner with some with some of the um, Skirt the Law clients, then a, a bunch of us from all other a lot of other horses that raced on the day that were all at the Gold Coast and stayed down. We all had a pretty good evening together, and then we come back and had lunch with a few more of them back in Brisbane. Then on the Friday, so it was a decent couple of days. But as you guys know, <laughs> soon you got to get back to work and. We had a bit of the races on Saturday, saddling up on eight or ten runners there. So we're we're pretty busy at the moment, but we were able to relax and enjoy enjoy the fruits of what was a really good Magic Means Carnival for the stable. A horse that got beat on Saturday, Tony Ashgrove. Do you, are you going to put him put him away now and have, get him for the, ready for the winter, or will will he continue on? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'll keep him going. I think this his rating's not high enough to to warrant doing that. You know, the way of race, if he had a won that, I guess it might have jumped his rating up a little bit. But at the moment, he's rated well for, for these types of races. A nice 2,000-minute metro in three weeks. And we don't all mind trying to pick as much low-hanging fruit as we can get, guys. And I think that's probably a good idea for Ashgrove at the moment. Trying to get him get him used to winning. He's racing well. But he's just not hasn't quite got that killer punch yet. And what about just King Kappa, who obviously we're familiar with here in Sydney. But he is just absolutely flying up there now. He's loving Queensland. Yeah, he's running good time as well. He ran sensational time at Eagle Farm when he won. He ran one eight eight on Saturday. I know it was a fast track both days, but geez, he's really carving out sectionals. He's starting to learn what it's like to be a race horse. He's not the complete package yet, but he's getting there. I think I'll just jump him up in grade a little bit and keep him in off-season racing for now. I think it'd be remiss to try and put him away and bring him back for the winter mentally from what I'm seeing at the races now. He's just not quite there yet. So as he continues to improve, I'll know what, when it's time to pull back on him yet. But at this point in time, happy to keep his prep going. Mm. And one more, if you can get Halal's number in the frame, I'll bow to your <laughs> training ability. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? If you can get Halal's number in the winning frame, I'll, I'll bow to your training ability. Uh, yeah, look, he's obviously, uh, you know, he'll be a work in progress. He's, he's a bloody nice horse, he's in great condition when he got here, so I don't know how much we can improve upon him, but he's only at the embryo stage of his prep here. Where, where I, what I'd do with him or not, we'll, we'll wait and see, but he's certainly going to be a hard task. Yeah. Yes. Tony, I appreciate your time, mate. Congratulations on that win last Thursday, and exciting that we're going to get to see that filly. So everything Touchwood going well. We'll see her in the sweet embrace three weeks into a slipper. And have you already had a discussion with Pug Maloney about, um, about his association with her and continuing on with her? 
Yeah, I mean, Ryan's doing a great job and you see how good a rider he is when he's, when he's fit and healthy, Ryan. That's what he is at the moment. So it doesn't take much to get on a nice filly like this to keep you away from the fridge yeah. and keep, you, keep your weight nice and nice and in check. So I'm sure Ryan will do that, but he's very excited by it. Perfect, mate. Probably Thanks need for coming a crowbar on, to get him off at time. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, although, although they come to Sydney, there'd be plenty of phone calls, I reckon. Have a good day, Tony. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, team. Cheers, eh? Cheers. I think too, Duff, one thing, um, especially Tony now, he's had that success here in Sydney and um, he would know exactly the right horse to bring and there sounds like there's no fear whatsoever at all there uh, with bringing her down here. No, 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 nor they should be because she's uh, she's very good, very, very good two-year-old. There's no mm. doubt about it. You know, she's, she's untapped, she's unbeaten. Uh, she's done it, she's put big margins in, in fields every time she's uh, one, and uh, there's a lot to like about her. We were talking about betting earlier, Duff. With a horse like her, it was really hard to line her up because she'd only beaten five at both the starts, and they were both in Brisbane. So, you know, it's another example of when they win and you're on them, I think you've just got to stick with them and, and until they butt, pop and yeah. bust the hype, you've just got to stay with them. And I guess the bookies dodged a bullet there because she was 15s after the barrier draw, and um, she got into favourite there before the Saturday, and then all the bets were ripped up, and they started again. So I think they kept they kept it pretty tight there at seven dollars in the in in the Magic Millions. Yep, um, no doubt about it. They did dodge a bullet. Well, uh, yeah, it, it was extraordinary. I mean, overnight. Remember that overnight on Friday? I think uh, yeah. Duff, you mentioned on radio. I mean, four, she was four sixty equal favourite on the Saturday morning, and then obviously Mother Nature didn't want to play ball there. Uh, we've got a, a caller on the line, Todd. Good morning, Todd. Good day, Dave. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. What's on your mind? I uh, just had a couple of quick things. Uh, firstly, I wanted to congratulate Duff on um, King of Sparta on uh, Thursday. A uh, real professional racehorse. Uh, won a lot of money on him. So uh, congratulations, Duff, on that one. Thanks, mate. Beautiful. He's a horse you could... He's like an 11-11. Hopefully we get him there every year because uh, he's, he's done a good job so far. Got a, uh, a couple of good ones over the year. Sale of the Century comes to mind. And uh, good to see you have another good one, mate. Yeah, thank you very much, mate. Um, wanted to get your opinion about um, Passagiata on a Saturday in race five at Randwick. Um, kind of disappointing uh, from a punting perspective. Uh, thought, thought you might have a bit of insight into that one. She's obviously had enough. Um, she, you know, she's a, not a big filly. She's brilliant. Um, she's we know she's sharp. Uh, she disappointed Saturday. She'll go to the paddock. I think we can assess her next time in. Really, I like to see them win at twelve hundred before we get real excited about, you know, horses. You know, she 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 was brilliant in what she did until Saturday. So let's just reassess her next preparation. So I think um, there's a feeling that they wanted to put her to the paddock after the the previous win, and it's it's easy in hindsight. Maybe they should have. Mm. They just went to the well once too often. She went very quick early on, and and um, set up the race. And if you look at the race shape, the the horses that all come from behind, behind back in the field to to fight out the finish. The interesting thing was the horse that was sitting outside on I can't remember its name. It got past her in the straight, and then she kicked back and had the temerity to to poke her head through there and beat it home. So she's she's got a, got something about her. I just think. Just a little bit over the top, and you know she was pretty well played because of the boom on her, and you know you probably got had to take a shorter price than you would would have would well, have been at another time of year. 
Well, there was no big money for her this time. When I, when I say big money, we had on the two previous starts some pretty big bets come through. Um, so that was that was interesting that, uh, you know, this time. So there must have been, obviously, I mean, and obviously jumping up in grade. And even Bjorn said that during the week when we spoke to him before the uh, the millions and, and other runners. He said, look, this is be her toughest test. Uh, she's obviously a lovely filly, but... Um, yeah, it uh, it was no lay down Mazier. That's uh, that's for sure. There's not Todd's... much offer, is there? No, 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 no. She, you know, she's she could go one way or another. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah, uh, she could come back twenty or thirty kilos heavier and be be a prop, a really really nice horse, or she could just be one of those horses that Bjorn's got a place right and win thousand meter races with. Exactly. Uh, now is Todd still there? He had another question, or is Todd yeah, gone? Um, yeah, Dave. Um, yeah, just wanted to. Um, you're talking about the two-year-olds um, coming up, and uh, just from my eyes, I've been punting for 26 years. My my go is uh, in the Blue Diamonds. There's a really good two-year-old running around uh, in Melbourne called um, DC. Now it's only had one start, um, but it had a lot of uh, problems uh, in the run and was very uh, tenacious. Finished off very well and run like a really good horse. Um, Eight to one in the in the markets right now for the Blue Diamonds, so I'd, I'd have a look at that uh, VC that one. Um, and in the slipper, um, my money's going on uh, Platinum Jubilee. Um, I reckon Gay's very happy with that. Um, and had a, I mean, yeah, the, the winner um, got all the accolades and deserved them. Uh, skirt the law, well done. Um, but my uh, Platinum Jubilee missed the start. Um, gave a big start to the winner and uh, still ran second to beat the, the rest by a fair way. Um, and Gay knows how to try and train a two-year-old. Um, I'm just going to have a go at Platinum Jubilee for the Slipper guys. Okay, beautiful. Okay. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for your opinion. Let's get to Steve online too. Thanks. Uh, good morning, Steve. Morning, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. What's on your mind? Just a couple. I missed the King's Gambit chat earlier. Do we know if he's going to the Blue Diamond uh, and Slipper or just one or the other? Have we had any indication? Chris? I think you'll be at the I think you'll be at the Golden Slipper. I don't know about the Blue Diamond, but seeing him and Don Claudio in her own and similar interests, I think one of them will end up at the Blue Diamond. Yeah. Uh, he, Peter likes the Blue Diamond, so I wouldn't be surprised if that timing might be alright for him to, uh, after Saturday. Uh, to go there, there's nothing in in in, um, in concrete, so I wouldn't be betting into the market. But it'd be interesting to listen to the if he wins Saturday, listen to the post race interview and uh, react quickly. If well, I suppose the price will be gone anyway, but um, I don't think they'll make any decisions until they see how he goes first up. I think if it wins Saturday, Duffy will be in both races, so um, they don't have to worry about um, how they're going to get to the race, how how they're going to how they're going to get into the races. They they have to work out what's the best way to win a golden slipper. And well, if the best way is through Melbourne with four weeks break, they'll go there. Yeah, well, if they can win a blue diamond with one colt, you know, they've got a couple of colts there. They want to, they're, they're yeah, all aiming. It's, it's a colt syndicate, so yeah. they've all got to try and win a group one along the way. It would be lovely if they could do it with two different horses. Um, that's, a, that's a double whammy. What about yeah. this extreme choice stuff? He's just... He's a beauty. He's he, he is a, unbelievable. You, I, I wouldn't have picked him as a star. He's a little fella, uh, but he's. He, he's. A, I think he's a little bit. He doesn't get too many in foal, and mm. to, to even with that in mind, he can produce a horse. Uh, you know, there's there's numerous horses. 
I think it's 13%, 13 or 15% stakes winners. I'm sure Henry's listening. He'll, he'll send us a text to tell us what it is. But it's it's something unbelievable, even even though he has a bit of trouble there. And, but he's already had a slipper winner, and he's got probably the second favourite for the slipper now. Like, um, And he's had a... And he was a, a Blue Don winner himself, I think. And it's interesting they moved on this horse early. I think they bought him as a weanling. They didn't want him to go to a sale. They think, oh, he's going to bring too much. Yeah, well, Henry, Henry, Henry said we we're talking to him after the race, and Henry plays at that top end of the yearling market where, 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 where you pay house prices for horses. Um, he bought this. You could almost say he bought this horse off the plan. He um, paid, but he paid six hundred and fifty thousand off the plan for it when it was a, a weedling because they just didn't want it to go anywhere else. So um, that that shows you six hundred and fifty for a weedling is. Um, a lot of money. Probably, a lot of money. you can probably That's double that at least when it goes if it if it go, goes the right way as a yearling. Yeah, if a lot can go wrong in the twelve months, they have growing mm. spurts. So it's just the eye uh, to say, look, he's going to grow into something. I love him, love him, his pedigree and whatever. And uh, they made a very good move there. He said he was yeah. a doppelganger for stay inside. Was he? Well, he, okay. he covered uh, sixty-six mares last season, boys. 66. 66. No missed and no slipped. Okay. So, uh, and what's he stand for? 20, not 27. No. Sorry, Henry. No, 275. <laughs> close. You were close. 27. Yeah. yeah, ring up Henry and try and get it for 27. 27 and a half. Yeah. 27 and a half. For, for you, Dave, he'd yeah, probably do 27 and a half if you got a mare there. 100%. <laughs> so they are, they are flying, though, uh, and it's good to see. And I, That's one thing, and I know it's, it's not punning related, but I did talk to Henry about that at the sales because... Like anything, I mean, they're sort of the stallions, uh, well, the stud farm, you know, it's, it's it's farming duff, and they've been a bit edgy, Newgate. They've kind of, you know, I was comparing it to sort of a, a wine where you get a winery that's, you know, done tried and true things for, for many, many a year, like, say, like your Arrowfield would be like your Penfold, and you know what you're going to get there, but Newgate was sort of the new kids on the block buying all these new different stallions and probably going against the grain, but they've certainly produced... Well, they went in gung ho, and it, it yeah. can be it can backfire on you. And, and they've 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 really made it into something special, haven't they? And uh, yeah, you know, it takes a a bit of uh, guts to do it. And Henry got a team together; they all trusted him, and they and they've got a a huge result because they've they've done an amazing job. Oh, what happened time. with Henry when when you look, when you talk about the Henry Field story? The biggest thing that happened to him was he got beaten for Piero, which showed he was on the right horse, but he couldn't. He couldn't gun, go toe to toe with Coolmore at that stage. I think if it come down to a toe to toe battle with Coolmore now, he'd it'd be a much fairer fight. Yeah, my word. Yeah. The other thing too is uh, Tanya just phoned the Snowden team. A lot of texts here about King's Gambit, boys. Where's King Gambit going? Should I back him down the diamond? Uh, and the the line out of the camp is depends on Saturday. So whether he stays in Sydney for Gold Slipper or goes via Blue Diamond. So does that then mean, boys, uh, if from maybe reading between the lines, or maybe this is over-analyzing, that if he was to get beaten, he then goes to a blue diamond. Um, or if he yep. if he comes out and wins, and wins a leg in the air, then he stays in Sydney. So maybe have that in the back of your mind if you're playing futures, but I would be, I'd be treading with caution. All I, know with this horse, all I know with this horse, I, I was out with James McDonald up in Queensland, and I mentioned that, who I sort of mentioned a jockey that I thought might be on King's Gambit, and James gave that cheeky grin and just said, I don't think he's on it. So he's obviously picked him out a long way out and made sure, positioned himself to be on him. So mm. um, 
he's very, very keen. James McDonald is very, very keen to win another Golden Slipper because he, he's missed a couple of times and he had the inside Loves the service the um, yeah. uh, the, and the other thing too, uh, just a text here on the text line before we continue on. Uh, the only reason Extreme Choice covered those 60 mares uh, was because he had colic at the start of the season. Uh, he's going to cover mares next month, Northern Hemisphere time. Thank you very much for that person on the text. No name on that one. If that is Henry, good morning to you. Um, where, what about Brock Ryan? Um, Duff had an injury, was out. The fact that he's come back, and uh, we heard Luke Price chat yesterday on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend with uh, with Luke Marlow and co. But, gee, that was a good win. I know um, it was the Carrington. I know, obviously, it's, you know, it's what, what summer listed racing. But, geez, it was a great ride and a great win. Yep. He's, he's come from nowhere, really. He's a very good, uh, you know, provincial apprentice. And he come to town and made his mark at the end of his career. He's a, you know, an older age apprentice. And he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he's obviously a very good worker. And it's paid. It's paying off now because he's getting support from uh, some good stables. And his greatest asset is he can ride light, and uh, and, and he can ride. There's no doubt he can ride, and horses run for him. So he's cemented himself in town now as uh, one of our leading lightweight. He's like a bit of a Jay Ford, you know. He's one of our leading, the new scene of the new leading lightweight rider. He's. He's, it's interesting. He's one of those riders who got to 100 wins very quickly. He was, uh, he was under Gwen, Gwen Markwell's care there at the beginning of his apprenticeship. And he quickly got to 100 winners. And then he had had, had a little bit of a, uh, a, a lean period. But off, obviously, when you can get to 100 winners quickly, you can ride. It's then work ethic that comes in. And he's just got it in spades, this, this bloke. And I was standing with him after Irish Legend, and we were just having a chat um, about how how good a win it was, and Chris Waller walked past, walked past, and just took the time to stop and say, "That was a very, very good ride. You you got going at the right time. You did did the right thing." He said, "My my horse, I thought was going well enough, but you just you just you just got it completely right. Congratulations!" Which is a bit of a wrap from a from the leading tra- the premier trainer, and it's a ride that Brock would have probably got wrong six to eight months ago. That's the. The, the leaps he's taken since COVID have been, you know, you thought he took a big step when he started winning Group 2s. Now he's taking that next step where he just gets it right. And on Cuban Royale, he knew he couldn't go around them. So he was back last. He took the odds to getting finding a way through the field. He found a way through the field and he said, I never felt like I wasn't going to get them from the 200 metre mark. And um, he was proven right. He's... He's a very good rider. He, he probably lacks for opportunities, but they're going to come in the next couple of months. Yeah, if I was Brock uh, standing next to Chris Waller when he said that, as I would have said to him, don't send cards, send money, and give me a few rides. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, now, boys, uh, horses to follow before we wrap up Punters Postmortem. Uh, Duff, your horses to follow out of this Sydney meeting on Saturday. Yep. Um, I think I'm with Chris here, Kundalini. Um, uh, Kundalini. Um, he's an improver, gallant star, I'll win a highway shortly. And my old mate from the trials this morning, he's a beauty. Aussie Penko's going to have a good three-year-old season. Okay. And uh, Chris? Um, I'm Kundalini. I, I backed it in the Millennium already, and I think think it'll be very hard to beat there. I'll probably say it'll be favourite by the end of the week. Um, I think Syrian star, I thought it was, it was the right race. Horses that run well in highways and run well again, uh, uh, are always ones to follow. It got stopped about four times in the straight. It was very, very good. 
And I'm with one out of that first trial as well. Zoo Tiger trialled trialled unbelievably on the bit there. I think it's in for a big preparation where where it goes and whether it shapes up to those big two, those big three rides. Remember, it's a golden rose place getter. Exactly right. Uh, gents, have a great day. Thanks for being a part of Punters Postmortem. Just uh, as well, uh, before we do wrap it up, obviously we've uh, heard uh, a lot about uh, what's the battle that Dean Lester is facing. He's been a, an integral part of Punters Postmortem for a number of years now. He's a close friend of obviously yours, Duff and Munns. Um, and yourself, Chris, you've dealt with him a lot of times when it comes to uh, travelling, when you've gone down to Melbourne for racing, etc. Uh, we're going to try and chat with Dino next week. He did do an interview with... Uh, Michael Felgate uh, on RSN. Uh, that was last week. Of course, he's heavily involved with RSN down there in Melbourne, and uh, it's a great chat. We will try and chat with Dino next week. He's doing some tests and what this morning, but again, just want to reiterate on air that our thoughts are with Dino and his family uh, at a very, very tough time. It's not good to see anybody, whether it's Dean or anyone out there listening, that uh, is going through this sort of stuff. Our thoughts are with you because, um, yeah, it's it's no good at whatsoever. No, we love Dean, he knows that, and he, he just just got to know what they're fighting, so hopefully they get to the bottom of it, and he can get on top of things, and um, and we're, we're, we're all with him, we're all with him, he knows that, and, uh, and, and the community are all behind him, we wouldn't, you know, he's worked on this station for 30 years, and people don't realise that, but uh, he's uh, part of the family. And, Very much um, so. Just, just um, to be, to sit in the, a seat Dino's sat in for so many years for someone like me, such an honour because you know you've got to come on and and live up to an expectation that Dino and Duff set and uh, he's so well respected and and so many people want to get Dean set and see what see what see what he's tipping. He often finds horses that other people don't, and that's that's one of the biggest. Biggles battles and punning. We just wish him all the best and hope that I don't have to be here for too long and he can be back on the show. That's uh, That's been Punters Postmortem on this Monday. Uh, the podcast will be out very, very soon. Kevin Wolf jumping in the chair to steer you through Sky Sports Radio preview of racing, of course, across New South Wales. Catch you next, next week, boys. Cheers, mate.